I'm Jim Brown, your Bible teacher here at Grace and Truth Ministries. Uh, we are here meeting on Wednesday. Uh, is this the 7th? 6th. 6th of May, uh, 2020. And we're meeting in an empty room. I'm preaching to to on Mike, who is running the board, and two camera people here. Both of them are Chris and... Uh, we're glad you're here. I'm teaching on predestination and prayer and the Sabbath. Let me put that up here. Predestination prayer and the Sabbath. And this would be number two in this series. Number two. The Sabbath has to do with predestination. It has to do with prayer. Prayer is the word prosukomai. Prosukomai comes from two words, the prefix pros, which is our word pro. It means for or toward. If you're pro-life, you're for life or you're toward life. Uh, and then UK means, E-U-C-H-E, uh, means to will or desire. So prayer means to will or desire oneself toward the will of another. Prayer means to bow. Prayer means to bow to God's will because His will is being done. To bow to His will. The Bible says we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated, prohorizo, according to the purpose of Him, speaking of God who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. And that word will is the word boule, B-O-U-L-E, and it means purpose. So everything is being worked together according to predestination, according to God's purpose according to what he wants to happen. So when you pray, you bow to this will that God has been working from the foundation of the world. The scripture tells us in Acts, the 15th chapter, known unto God are all the things that he has ever done or ever will do. He knows all of his will. And the Bible teaches us in Ecclesiastes 3.14, I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Forever, Olam, means it always has been. And it always will be. It always has been. And it always will be. You cannot pray and ask God to change something that he has already ordained in your life. You can't have him change your... It's amazing to me, people will... Pray for little things, uh, like I want a car, or I want a house, and they'll pray for a headache, but they won't pray for leukemia. Someone's got uh, 
uh, a case of leukemia that's going to kill them, and they'll never pray for that because they know they can't get rid of that. They won't pray for coronavirus after it's already hit somebody. And these guys that claim to be able to pray and get God's will in their life, they won't go to a hospital where coronavirus victims are, lay hands on them, and pray that it'll go away. Because if they do, they're going to get coronavirus and they're going to die. It's amazing how people think they can pray and get things to change. When you pray, you're not allowing the will of God to be done. What prayer does, it gives you contentment. It teaches you to bow to everything that is happening. What it does... It teaches you not to get yourself involved in trying to be somebody or trying to be rich or famous by getting involved with a group of people in real estate or an insurance out here that are going to hook and crook you. It teaches you not to get involved in something like the music world where there's nothing but corruption and drinking and womanizing and drugs and cursing and just filthy living in country or pop or gospel music it's you have what prayer does it makes you believe god's will for you is to live a righteous holy godly life that's what it teaches you to accept but i know that when i quit when i really begun to learn what prayer meant I'd been preaching predestination all my life, but I was probably 60-ish or 65 when it registered on me that I had to quit fooling with those people in the world that don't believe God. We come out and be separate and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, God said. What fellowship does light have with darkness? Has none. Or what communion has Christ with Belial, which is Satan? None. What prayer does, it puts you in the right direction. And then it makes you say, Lord, I don't know what I need. I don't know the things that I need. You know what I need to cause me to live righteously and godly and holy in your sight. When you come to that place of true prayer, you quit worrying about life. The Bible says, take no thought for your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, how you'll be clothed. The Heavenly Father knoweth that you need food and clothing. After all these things, the Gentiles seek. But he says, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. They don't have a spinning wheel to spin their beautiful clothing. And the fowls of the air, does not your Heavenly Father feed them? But what makes you think when you take thought, merimnao is the word take thought, M-E-R-I-M-N-A-O. Merimnao means to be distracted from the things of God by the things of this life. To be distracted. And it comes from the word merimna, M-E-R-I-M-N-A, which which is that word, we're always saying this to one another, be careful for nothing. The word merimna is the word careful over there in Philippians, the third chapter. Careful for nothing. 
Uh, now it's the fourth chapter. Uh, be careful for nothing. Don't be distracted for the, from the things of God by the things of this life. What we do, we, then he says, seek the kingdom of God there in the sixth chapter of Matthew. Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. All these things is talking about the context is food and clothing. It's not talking about cars and houses and things. All these things don't mean Cadillacs and town cars and new homes. It means take no thought about what you'll eat or what you'll drink. That's what it's talking about. Now, what does that have to do with the Sabbath? Sabbath is the common word, sabaton, S-A-B-B-A-T-O-N. It means to cease or to rest. The seventh day was not. There wasn't something unusual about the seventh day. God says, I want you to learn to rest one full day of the week. On the Sabbath, all they could do in the ancient world was rest. Now, let me let me give you some things about the Sabbath. This has to do with, this has to do, what happened to the seventh day when God says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy? The word is kadash, Q-A-D-A-S-H, kadash. It means to be pure. But you got a problem with this because if you don't know that the Old Testament was a shadow and the New Testament is the very image, very image there in Hebrews 10 and 1, the law having a shadow These rituals over here were merely a shadow, a skia, a shade, shade. They're not the real thing. The real thing is the spiritual over here, spiritual. So when you're talking about when God predestinates, he brings about the he's predestined the very image over here over here the law comes in two parts you can find this in several places in particular second corinthians the third chapter let's look at that real quick lot look at second corinthians the third chapter and i'm going to read this to you the scripture says that Second Corinthians, hold on here. Now I'll get to it. Everybody don't leave me. All right. Second Corinthians, the third chapter. My Bible's coming apart, y'all excuse me. Third chapter. And it says, God hath made us ministers in verse six. Second Corinthians three and six. God hath made us ministers of the New Testament. Now that word minister, diakonos, D-I-A, 
K-O-N-O-S. That is our word deacon. And a deacon was a household slave that waited on tables and did not get paid. No pay. And the, there were seven deacons chosen out, men of good report in that sixth chapter of Acts, to wait on tables of the widows and the orphans so that so that the apostles wouldn't have to take time to do that as well as preach the gospel. And these were headed up by Stephen. He was the first martyr of the New Testament. He was stoned because they didn't... The, the Sanhedrin, the judging council of the Pharisees, did not like what he was saying. He told them, you're stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart. And they said, we'll kill you for that. And they did. So, a, a diakonos is a household slave that waits on tables. A deacon is not some guy that heads up the finances in the church and tells the preachers what to do and hires him and fires him and that's what they do in the Baptist church today. They're not supposed to be telling the preacher anything. First of all, the preacher should be preaching truth and not what these guys are saying. Now, so he says here, we're ministers of the New Testament. I could spend a half a day on New Testament. I don't have time. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, the letter killeth, and the Spirit giveth life. The letter is the rituals of the law. That's the part that killed people because they couldn't keep them. The rituals. And they had rituals concerning every Sabbath, every feast day, including the including the Passover, Pentecost, and Feast of Ingathering. Ingathering. That was coupled with the Day of Atonement. Day of Atonement. And the Feast of Ingathering also was called Feast of Huts and Feast of Tabernacles. And the Feast of Huts and Tabernacles and the Day of Ingathering. All of this came in the month Tishri. And Tishri was our month September, October. That was the seventh month of their ecclesiastical year. It started in it started in the first month, which was Nisan. And some of you will say, Well, I thought it said a beeb. In the Bible it does say that, but a beeb what it was called in Israel, when when Israel was carried into captivity, they used the Babylonian word for it, Nisan. Nisan was our month, March, April. March, April. All right. Now, what happened to these rituals of the law? The rituals that are associated with all of these feast days, everything they had to do, all the offerings they had to come up and offer when they would cleanse the temple, they would cleanse the outer temple by offering a bull or a bullock, now, if you're going to have a Sabbath, you're going to have to keep all the rituals if you're going to keep it holy and pure. But the rituals were blotted out. 
Now we're in a spiritual Sabbath. We're in a spiritual Day of Atonement. We're in a spiritual Passover, a spiritual Pentecost, a spiritual Day of Atonement. Everything is now spiritual that was once literal. If you don't understand that, you'll never understand the true scriptures of the Bible. Let's look at that one more time. Colossians 2 and verse 14. Now, I have never heard anybody deal with this on what it actually meant. Colossians 2 and verse 14. 214. It's talking about being a spiritual Jew in verse 11. And whom we are, in whom also you are circumcised. He's talking to a Colossian Gentile church. You're circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. It's not a literal circumcision. It's a spiritual circumcision. And that is, was what God gave Abraham. That was his part of the covenant to circumcise the male on the eighth day of after he was born. Circumcised with a spiritual circumcision, putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. That's why Galatians says circumcision, nor uncircumcision availeth anything but a new creation. That's the new Israel. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him, through the faith of the operation of God. Buried doesn't mean dipped in water. I could go into, they did not bury people in the ground, like downward. They buried him in a tomb. So you have to dip the guy sideways if it was water. There's one baptism. It is a blood baptism, and that was a death. Can you be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? Jesus asked James and John. They said, we can. He said, both of you will die the martyr's death. And Jesus was going to die on the cross the next day. He was talking about his own death. Now, that's baptism is spiritual. And then he says, buried with him in baptism, wherein you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, he hath raised him from the dead, and you being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, Gentile Colossian church, hath he quickened together with him. He's made you Gentiles alive. Quickened, zumpael. Having forgiven you all trespasses. And then he says, concerning the Gentile church at Colossia, He's blotted out the handwriting of ordinances, the dogma, the rituals. The rituals. You've got two handwritings. One on tables of stone. And another on fleshy tables of the heart. Which one of those do you believe he's going to blot out? Fleshy tables of heart. He's going to blot out the tables of stone, which were the rituals of the Old Testament. Now we're in a spiritual Passover. We're in a spiritual Day of Atonement. We're in a spiritual We're in a spiritual uh, Pentecost. We're in a spiritual Sabbath. The Bible says so. 
if we're in a spiritual Sabbath, and it means rest. Sabbath, sabaton, means rest or to cease. It means a place of stopping what you're doing. Now, the Sabbath is not what these Sabbath worshipers call it today. Absolutely not in the Old Testament. If you're going to keep the Sabbath, you're going to have to have all that they had at the temple, all the offerings they had. You're going to have to start keeping all the rituals of the Old Testament, but you're going to have to have a high priest of Aaron or one better than him, and we have one better. We have Melchizedek, which is Christ is a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. He's a priest forever after the order, and he's the one that has to sprinkle our hearts instead of sprinkling the Ark of the Covenant on the Day of the Atonement, the tenth day of the seventh month. He sprinkles our hearts now according to the tenth chapter of, of Hebrews and according to the first chapter of First Peter. We're elected unto that second verse. We're elected unto obedience and the sprinkling of blood. That's a blood baptism. That's a death to self. There's none of these rituals. I don't believe in any rituals. They were blotted out. Well, look at that. Look over here in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 9. Deuteronomy 9. And he says this several times over here. Deuteronomy 9. All right. This is Moses speaking in verse 10 of chapter 9. And the Lord delivered unto me two tables of stone written with the finger of God. Reminds us of that 11th chapter of Luke. If I with the finger of God cast out devils, then the kingdom of God is coming to you. Kingdom of God was a term for Israel. Why? Because God was their king. You find that in the 13th chapter of Hosea. You find it in the 12th chapter of 1 Samuel. God was their king. He said, you desired a king to rule over you when I was your king. So it was written with the finger of God. On them was written according to the words which the Lord spake with you in the mount out of the midst of the fire in the day of the assembly. And then if you look at Exodus 24, Exodus 24, all right, 24 and verse 12. Exodus 24. And I'll give this to you a couple more times. This is mentioned. 24.12. And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me into the mount and be there, and I will give thee tables of stone and a law and the commandments which I have written that thou mayest teach them. And then you look at Exodus 31 and 18. 31 and 18. And this will mention the finger of God again. 31, 18. And he gave unto Moses, whom he had made, an end, when he had made an end of communing with him, upon Mount Sinai, two tables of testimony, tables of stone, written with the finger of God. Now he writes upon our hearts. That's what. Second, that's what Second Corinthians 
says, 2 Corinthians 4, we'll go back to that same chapter we were in, 2 Corinthians, excuse me, 3, 2 Corinthians 3, ye are, ye are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of men, forasmuch as you are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, are not any longer on tables of stone, that's what he says, but with the Spirit of the living God. Not in tables of stone, but in fleshy tables of our hearts. Which one of these is blotted out? Not the one in our hearts, the one that was written on tables of stone. What does this have to do with the Sabbath? It has everything to do with it, because the Sabbath had many rituals. The Bible says that the Pharisees were over at the temple violating the Sabbath, yet they were guiltless because they were working all day long on the Sabbath in the temple offering the various sacrifices. They were they were violating the work of the Sabbath, but they were not guilty. Now, if you're going to do all of these things, you've got to find out what the Sabbath was about, how they purified the outer part of that uh, temple, how they offered sacrifices that day. You're going you're gonna to keep a literal Passover. You've got to have a Passover lamb. Well, the Bible says in the fifth chapter of First Corinthians says Christ is our Passover lamb. Well, if if the lamb of the Passover is spiritual, every other part of the Passover is spiritual, and therefore the Sabbath is spiritual. The Bible says so. Sabbath means rest. It doesn't mean Sabbath. What are you going to do? You're going to keep all the Sabbaths? There was more than the seventh day Sabbath. Goodness gracious. Most people don't even know this. Every one of those days, the, the Passover, Pentecost, and this Feast of Ingathering, they were all Sabbath days. But they didn't necessarily come on the seventh day every time. They were all Sabbaths. In fact, let me clarify something for you. I've said it before, but let me say it again. Go back over here to John. Well, let me finish this. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. One of the handwriting was nailed to the cross. Either the handwriting of rituals or ordinances on stone or on our heart. One of the two was nailed to the cross. What in the world does that mean? Has an exact meaning if you go into Mr. Lightfoot's commentary on Colossians, he'll tell you about this. Or you go into McClinic and Strong and look under contracts. They acted out all their contracts. They had a little small performance. It was a little one-act play. And they showed what they were going to do. You have the same thing happening 
over in Ezekiel. You have a contract being acted out by Ezekiel. But you're not going to know that if you don't study contracts in Israel in the ancient world. They performed them. When Jesus said, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, is that's not even our word is. That's the word esteem. It means represents. He said, this cup represents the New Testament in my blood. Gosh, I could go into that for an hour. A testament is the word diatheke. It's the very same word as covenant, D-I-A-T-H-E-K-E. It's the same word as covenant. Covenant, testament, same word in the New Testament. And the scripture tells us in Hebrews 9, that a testament has no force till the death of the testator. The testator is Christ. That's the one who writes the testament. And he said, until I'm dead, this cup doesn't have any force. He's not talking about the cup of grape juice at the last Passover. He's talking about death to self. Drinking of a cup meant to undergo a death. He's not talking about crackers and grape juice. If the cup is spiritual and it's death to self, and they couldn't partake of it until he was dead about 18 hours later, because this was the night of the Passover. This was the night. The Passover began at 6 o'clock, ends at 6 o'clock the next day on Friday. You have to understand if if the Passover was spiritual, it's now spiritual. If the Passover was spiritual, so is the Day of Atonement. So is atonement has the same meaning as baptize. The Day of Atonement was the day of baptism. Our hearts are sprinkled, the Bible says, with the blood of Christ. There in Hebrews 10 and 22 and in 1 Peter 1 and 2. We're elected unto obedience in the sprinkling of blood. If that's true baptism, and it is, then baptize, baptize, baptizo, and babto, this has the same meaning as atonement. The high priest went into the went into the temple on the day of atonement, the tenth day of the seventh month, and he they purified this outer sanctuary by offering a bullock and sprinkled in that sanctuary. They had to purify this inner sanctuary. If you're gonna do Passover, Pentecost, and the Day of Atonement, you're gonna have to have a literal temple, you're gonna have to have a priest of Aaron. You can't have these these rituals without lamb, without a goat for the Day of Atonement to be killed on the on the tenth day of the seventh month on September October and come in here and sprinkle the Ark of the Covenant without a literal goat. You can't have a lamb on Passover on the on the tenth day of the first, fourteenth uh, day of the first month, you can't have a Passover lamb without a literal lamb. All that ritual was blotted out, and everything that was once literal is spiritual. 
you've got the spiritual lamb in that fifth chapter of 1 Corinthians. All you have to do is show one of the items, one of the items of any of those those Sabbaths, and they were all Sabbaths, you have to show one item of those Sabbaths, and everything else has to be spiritual. One item is blotted out. The literal lamb is blotted out because we've got a lamb, goodness sakes, over here in 1 Corinthians 5. Maybe I've given you too much too fast. Sometimes it just, I can't slow down. 1 Corinthians 5. Purge out therefore the old leaven. You had to get rid of the leaven on the day of Passover. They had to get a lamp. They crawled around the floor, looked for leaven. They had to take it out the morning of the Passover and burn it. He's talking about that man that's having an affair with his stepmother is the spiritual leaven of the spiritual Passover. They had to get rid of him out of the church. He said, cut off fellowship with a man. If the leaven of the Passover is spiritual, everything else has to be spiritual. And if the Passover was a, was a, the day of the Passover, the 14th day of the first month was a, was a Sabbath, and it was, and that didn't even land on Saturday, that landed on Friday. Gosh, I'm going to have to go over this again, I guess I am. Then he says, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that you may be a new love, even as ye are unleavened, for even leaven was a type of sin. For even Christ, our Passover lamb, is sacrificed for us. The fact that the Passover lamb is spiritual means that everything else in the Passover has to be spiritual. We being many are one bread and one body there in 1 Corinthians 10 and 17. And the cup of blessing which we bless is it not the communion of the blood of Christ. Cup of blessing was an official title for the third cup of the Passover. That's death to self. It became spiritual when Jesus was nailed to the cross, blotting out the handwriting of rituals, which was contrary to us, it was against us, took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Let me explain that one more time. When they did away with one contract, they were doing away with the rituals of the Sabbath, of the Passover, of all of this, of all of the holy days of God. Now everything is spiritual. Baptism is spiritual, Baptism with baptism. Baptism means to cover. Baptism means to stain with the dye. And the best writers will tell you, baptism was originally an infinitive. It was a noun with verbal character. It was a noun any way you look at it. A noun. It was a verbal noun. And it meant to cover to stain with a dye. And that's even in your concordance. Much less going to McClinic and Strong. And atonement means to, is the word kafar. Kafar. And that was 
That was the verb. There's a noun form of kafar, kofar. Kafar means to cover. It doesn't mean to dip into. And kofar means to stain with a dye. That has the exact same meaning as pitch the ark within without with pitch. Pitch was a red stained caulking that they caulked the boats with so that they would not sink. And baptism, even as eight souls were saved through water, even so the like figure of baptism doth also now save us. Kafar is the word atonement. Baptized with babto means to cover with a stain or die. Pitch with pitch means to cover with a stain or die. I don't know why nobody else has figured that out. Seems pretty simple to me. Now, where was I? I was going to go somewhere and go. Let's go to John. John 19. I got to show you this about Sabbaths. I got to show you this about Sabbaths. Now, there's so much contradiction that the church is doing today. John 19. This is the death of Jesus. He's being crucified on Friday. I don't care whether people like that or not. He was being crucified according to the 42nd verse. There they laid Jesus, therefore, because the Jews' preparation day for the sepulcher was nigh at hand. That word preparation, parascuane, P-A-R-A-S-K-E-U-N, P-A-R-A. S K E U no excuse me E U N This Ada has to be there, that's feminine gender. A U N Para P A R A S K E U N. This Ada is feminine gender. And Parascuane, it says the Jewish. It doesn't say the Parascuane of the Jews. Jewish Parascuane. Jewish in this case is an adjective. It tells you which, what kind of, or how many. It tells you which Parascuane. It's the Jewish Parascuane. That is feminine gender. And Parascuane means the eve, it means Sabbath eve. Or the mother, they call Friday the mother of the Sabbath. Now, in this year, in this year, the mother of the Sabbath came on Friday. You say, but the Bible says Jesus was in the tomb three days and three nights. They had no word for day and night. The Bible says that the Bible says that Jesus would be in the tomb. The Bible says repeatedly over and over and over again. Jesus said, I have to be crucified. 
but I will rise the third day. He says that continually. I will rise the third day. Now, let me get my paper here. I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. He says, I will rise from the dead on the third day. And the Bible tells us here in John 19, let me give you something else in this. John 19 in verse 31, the Jews therefore, because it was preparation, same word, parascuane, it means the Friday, the Friday, and that the bodies should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day. For that Sabbath day was an high day. Let me explain this. This is why he had to be crucified. This is one of the many reasons he had to be crucified on a Friday. On a Friday. He says repeatedly, I was, I have to be crucified, but I will resurrect the third day. Now, high day. Let me give you this. Uh, I've given it to you before. Sometimes I think I need to give it to you more than once. A high day was when one Sabbath would land. I use the word. It's a mathematical term out of geometry. This uh, a high day. Means. That's when one Sabbath would land on top of another Sabbath. Now, let me explain that. This Sabbath here, that is the seventh day of the week, seventh day, that Sabbath was the seventh day. What is this Sabbath that's landing right on top? The day before that was Nisan 14. That started on that started on Thursday evening at six o'clock or at sundown. That's where their days began. Sundown. The evening and the morning were the first day out of Genesis, the first chapter. That's why the Jews, they they set up their days that way. So the evening and the morning are the first day. If this Sabbath is on the seventh day and Nisan 14 is on Friday, that is also a Sabbath. That's a Sabbath. And this is called... When when you have the Passover, that's a Sabbath day. Passover's on Nisan 14. When you find, what is a Sabbath that lands on top of the weekly Sabbath? This Passover feast was called the Feast of Unleavened, bread the feast of unleavened bread did not begin 
until the next day after the Passover. And the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, first day of that feast was on the 15th in this year, and that first day of Feast of Unleavened Bread was a Sabbath. And that's the one that landed on top of the weekly Sabbath. That's why it was a high day. But if you don't know that the Feast of Unleavened Bread started on the next day after the 14th, that puts it on the weekly Sabbath. Therefore, he had to be crucified on a Friday. On the on the feminine gender parasquine. It's and you try to explain this to people, besides that, there was the word synecdoche to the Jews. S Y N E C D O C H E. It means a part of something is the whole of something. If they got Jesus into the ground into the ground or not into the ground, in the tomb before 6 o'clock, let's say they got him in at 5 o'clock, before sundown, they had to count that day all the way back to 6 o'clock on Thursday. And they had to count this day all the way over to 6 o'clock on Saturday. That was a full day. And then they had to count from 6 o'clock till he resurrected Sunday morning and that's why Sunday is used. That's called the Lord's Day. That's why we meet on Sunday. He resurrected from the dead. The Roman Catholic Church did not change the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday. They did not. That's something that Ellen G. White with the Seventh-day Adventist came up with herself, and she said that. That's just not true. Jesus resurrected on the first day of the week and people want to get mad because we've changed Saturday to Sunday. No, we haven't. Let me give that to you again. We meet because Jesus rose from the dead. Look at Mark 15 one more time. And people get upset. You don't keep the Sabbath. You don't even know what the Sabbath is. Sabbath means rest. When you learn that God is doing everything with his predestination, his sovereignty of God, you learn to rest in it. Rest is a spiritual thing. The sooner, I preached predestination for years, but when I was in my mid-60s, about 65, I started saying, this is all the will of God, and I can stop stressing over anything, and I need to quit running with a bunch of real estate people who cheat and, and steal and and drank and carouse and with a bunch of music people that still drink and cheat and carouse. I got to quit being around them. The way you stay away from a fight, you stay away from people who fight. The way you stay out of a fight, you stay away from greedy people. That's what you do. And you get a new, you get a new desire about your life. Now, look here in Mark. Just... Just to re-verify this, Mark the 15th chapter, Mark the 15th chapter, verse 42, 
Now when the evening was come, because it was the Parascuain, the mother of the Sabbath, which was Friday. They didn't have any other day they called the mother of the Sabbath. Even people say, well, yeah, but they had to prepare the food if if the Passover came on Wednesday one year. They had to prepare the food on Tuesday, but they still did not call Tuesday the mother of the Sabbath. That was an official term delegated to Friday, the mother of the weekly Sabbath. That's what it was. And whether you like it or not, that's the truth. (laughs) That's what her name used to say. All right. Now, let me move this paper over here. I don't know if I'll get all this into y'all in one day. I I have to go back over things that I've been teaching you. Now, all right, where do I want to go with this? All right. Let me give you this one more time. Jesus said, I will resurrect the third day. He said that over and over and over again. He said that in Matthew 12, excuse me, in Matthew 16, 21, Matthew 17, 23, Matthew 20 and 19, Matthew 27 and 64, Mark 9 and 31, Mark 10 and 34, Luke 9, 22, Luke 13, 32, Luke 18, 33, Luke 24, 46. Acts ten forty and first and first Corinthians fifteen and four. He said, I will resurrect the third day. He resurrected on Sunday, that's why we meet on Sunday. The Bible speaks of meeting on the first day of the week. Now let me explain something to you. When you look over at we're in chapter nineteen, but look over at chapter 20 and it'll say this in each one of the in each one of the gospels it will say the first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark unto the sepulchre and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulchre first day of the week people will say that word week is the word sabbath that's right it's the word sabbaton let me let me explain this to you because you're not going to understand. First day of Sabaton. This is the way the Jews talked. I've got a set of encyclopedias called the Judaica. It's 17 volumes on Jewish thought. They will tell you they numbered everything from the Sabbath day. So when you see first day of the week, it actually says first day of the Sabbath. Well, that sounds like it was the Sabbath day. It wasn't the Sabbath day. They numbered everything from the Sabbath. The first day of the Sabbath, that's what they call Sunday. The second day of the Sabbath, second day of Sabbath, that's what they call Monday. 
the third day of this Sabbath, third day, let me get another pen. That's what they call Tuesday. Tuesday. The fourth day of the Sabbath, fourth day was Wednesday. This is the way they titled these things. Whether you like it or not, the fifth day of the Sabbath, you say, why are you putting all that down? So we can just drive it in the ground and break it off. <laughs> fifth day was Thursday. Or Thor's day, or Woden's day, or Tuist day, which is Mars day, or Moon day, that's Monday. People say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to worship God on on Sunday, the day of the sun. Well, we worship on Saturn Day, which is the day of Saturn, the father of the gods in Rome. We could start calling it this. And the sixth day of the Sabbath was what they call Friday. Friday or Parascuane. S-K-E-U-N-E. Our feminine gender, the mother of the Sabbath. That's what Friday was called. Deal with it. Now, that's the truth. So when you see first day of the Sabbaton was the day that Jesus rose from the dead, that's why we meet on Sunday. But it don't matter which day of the week. We meet on Wednesday, Woden's Day. And that was the fourth day of the Sabbath. Where do you get that in the Bible? That's just to, that's so the people can get together and we can fellowship together and get strength. Good grief. I can't believe that people want to fight these things. And besides that, a part of something is the whole. That's always true all through the Bible. I've got a book by Bullinger. And he's got an entire chapter of about 50 pages on a part being the whole from one end of the Bible to the other. They had to count all the way back. when, If he was in the grave, it was against the law, Jewish law, to have anyone hanging on a cross on the Sabbath. So they went around to check him. If he was alive, they was going to break his legs so he couldn't breathe. I'm not going to go into that again. Not right now. So... If he was dead when they went around to check him at 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock, then they wouldn't break his legs because no leg, no bone could be broken of the Passover lamb. So they had to count all the way back to 6 o'clock. They had to count to 6 on Saturday. And then he rose Sunday morning. That's why we meet on the Lord's Day or Sabbath. When you look at, when you look at two verses just to show you that it says so in the Bible. 1 Corinthians, the 16th chapter. Upon the first day of the week, let every man lay by and store with God his prosperity. On the first day, it says on the first day of the Sabbath. That's what it says. First day of the Sabbath was Sunday. And then you go over here to Acts, the 7th chapter. Acts, the 7th chapter. 
I may miss a lot of this when I'm going through it, so I'll have to come back next. I was going to go over here and show you something. Oh, yeah. Here's Paul. Not the 7th chapter, the 20th chapter, the 7th verse. Um, 20 and 7. Huh, talking about Paul. Up on the first day of the Sabbath. It says first day of the week in the English. But the first day of the Sabbath was Sunday. That's the way they numbered the days. But you're not, I've never heard a preacher even say that. I look at my, I've got this Judaica, 17-volume set of the Jews. I've got Isidore Singer's 12-volume set of Jewish Encyclopedia. They, they give you all kinds of information. Besides Alfred Edersheim giving you this information. Besides in the McClinic and Strong and the Hastings. There's so many ways to research. Now, if Jesus was actually in the grave three days and three nights, here's what he would have been in the grave. He would have been in the grave 72 hours. One second. Let's just say one millionth of a second. If he'd have rose from the dead after the 72 hours, which is three days and three nights, he would have risen somewhere in the, in the if he stayed in there three days and three nights, that's 72 hours. 24 hours today, 3 to 24 is 72. He'd have been in there 72 hours. If he'd origin a fraction of a second, let's say one one millionth of a second, one one millionth of a second, after he was in the grave for 72 hours, he would have risen on the fourth day, and the Bible doesn't teach that. Teach he rose on the third day. If he'd have been, there were 60 seconds in a minute, 60 minutes in an hour, that's 3,600 seconds in an hour, 24 hours in a day times 3,600 would be 86,400 seconds in a day. You multiply that times three, you get 259,000 seconds in three days and three nights. And if a frag he arose one fraction of a second after the full three days and three nights, he couldn't have risen. If he's in there full three days and three nights, it had been 72 hours. So he would have had to stand there all the way to the last second, to that 259,200th second. He'd had to have been in there that time. And it would have been sometime after that that he risen from the dead on the fourth day. And the Bible doesn't teach that. Teach he rose the third day. Besides that, besides that, you go to Luke, the 24th chapter, Luke 24. I didn't mean to get into all of this. Luke 24. Jesus rises from the dead. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are all going to have his resurrection at the end of each gospel because that's the end of his life. So in Luke 24, 
verse 1, now upon the first day of the week, the first day of the Sabbath, which was Sunday. It goes on in here. And then Jesus runs into these two men on his way, on the road to Emmaus, and he appears to these two men, and they talk together, and all these things which had happened in verse 14. It came to pass that while they communed together in reason, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. This is after he's resurrected. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. They didn't recognize Jesus. They were two of his followers, but their eyes were holding. They didn't know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that are that ye have one to another, as you walk and are sad? And the one of them, whose name was Cleophas, answering, said unto Jesus, Are you a stranger in Jerusalem, and you not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said, What things? <laughs> I think it's kind of funny. Jesus, the living God of the universe, is saying, what things are you talking about? And they said unto him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, they're talking to him, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, in word before God and all the people. That means they believed in him. And they didn't recognize him. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him, but we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And besides all this, today is the third day since these things were done. This is the day he rose from the dead. It's the third day. It's not after the third day. So a part is definitely the whole. Now, let me get into the Sabbath. This may take me a couple of weeks to get through this or even longer. I had to give you all of that about these days because if if one part of these things are, if any part of the Passover is spiritual, which it is, then all the rest of the Sabbaths are going to have to be spiritual. Because the handwriting of rituals were nailed to the cross. Now, let me go through the Bible says in Exodus 20 and 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Let me put it this way. Remember the rest day to keep it holy. We have to keep the Sabbath ritualistically clean. Look at Exodus 16. Exodus 16. This will tell you what you can do on the Sabbath. Nothing. Not much of anything. Exodus 16. Now, you're going to keep a seventh day Sabbath. You're going to have to do it the way they did it. You're not keeping it unless you do it the way they did it. Now here in 22, 16.22, And it came to pass that on the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread. You have to go out and gather manna. Manna is the word mon in the Hebrew. It means, what is it? Mon. When they went out there and they found it the first time in Exodus, the 16th chapter, 
They said, Mon, what is it? God says, that's what we're going to call it. What is it? Mon or manna. What is it? That's going to be the title for this bread. What is it? Now, let's continue reading. They gathered twice as much manna, two omers for one man, and all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses. And he said unto them, This is that which the Lord has said tomorrow is the rest of the holy Sabbath. Rest. Sabbath means rest. Unto the Lord, bake that which you will bake today. Seeth or boil or bashal, cook that which bake today, and seeth that which will be seethed, and that which remaineth over lay up for to be kept until morning. And they laid it up till the morning as Moses bade, and it did not stink. If they kept manna from Tuesday to Wednesday, it would stink the next morning. God says, I'll supply what you need as you need it, and you trust me. And Moses said, eat that which, that today, for today is a Sabbath unto the Lord, and ye shall not find it in the field on the seventh day. I'll give you enough on the sixth day to last you through the seventh. Six days ye shall gather it, but the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, in it there shall be none. And it came to pass that there went out some of the people on the seventh day for to gather. They didn't find any. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long refuse ye to keep my commandments and my laws? See, for the Lord hath given you the Sabbath. Therefore he giveth you on the sixth day the bread of two days. If you're going to keep the Sabbath, you're going to have to eat manna on that day. Abide every... Now, I want you to pay real close attention to this next verse. Abide ye every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place or out of his house on the Sabbath day. You can't go nowhere. You can't, they didn't go to church. They didn't go to the temple. They didn't go to the tabernacle to have a service and listen to a high priest preach. They didn't listen to Moses do anything. They laid down in their house. That's all. They couldn't do any work. Work would get them in trouble. Boy, that takes us to some more things. The man that would work on the Sabbath had to die. If you work, if you move a piece of furniture in your house and you're a Seventh-day observer, you're breaking the Sabbath. You can't move anything on the Sabbath. The Jews had to do three things for the Sabbath. When it had come to 6 o'clock on Friday evening, they're going into the Sabbath, going to sundown. It's approximately 6 o'clock. They're going to have to do three things. They called this... The Uberic, E-U-B, Uberic. The Uberic, they had to light a fire or light a lamp 
those were the Sabbath, as one of the Gospels says, the Sabbath began to shine. Sabbath shined. It didn't mean the sun came up on Saturday morning. The Sabbath shining was the lighting of the lamp. And they had to pay their tithes, get it to the priest, pay their tithe, and then they had to they had to prepare a meal for the next day because they couldn't do any work, they couldn't cook, they couldn't start any fires or turn on any lamps, and they had to get that done before sundown. The ubric. That's what they had to do. You can get that out of my any number of books, especially my Jewish books, my Jewish encyclopedias. And anyone found working on the Sabbath now, if you work on the Sabbath, you're going to keep it like they kept in the Old Testament. That's the way you have to keep it. All those rituals were done away with. Look at Exodus 31, 14. Exodus 31, 14. 31, 14. Let's start here in verse... 12. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak thou unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily, my Sabbaths ye shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations. The word sign is the word uth, U W T H. It means a signal. A beacon, a pointer. It's like, I've said this so many times, it's like you see a sign. There's a, there's a, down here on, on Indian Lake Road, there's a sign on the top of this building, and it says Firestone. It doesn't mean that there's a stone on fire in the bottom of this building down here. It means they sell tires. Or you'll see a blip up in the sky, and it'll say, Good year. It don't mean you're going to have a good year, or the guys in that blimp are going to have a good year. It means they're advertising tires for sale. Tires. That's a sign. That's an oath. It's the same th- word as over in the New Testament. It's the same word as Simeon, which means a sign or a signal. I've said this before. If you pull up to this track and you see this this post here and it's got this little crosses on it here, and it's got red lights blinking on and off, and they got this bar coming over here. That's a simeon. That's an oath. It's a sign or a pointer that a train is coming. That's what it means. It's a pointer. So the Sabbath was pointing toward something to come. That's what it was doing. It was pointing to our rest. Our rest. 
we're resting in that God is doing everything. And the Bible says now there's only one sign to the unbeliever, only one oath, only one Simeon. He said, that's the resurrection. Men will seek a sign and no sign be given him but the sign of the prophet Jonas. And that was resurrection from the belly of the fish. And that's the gospel. And that's the only sign that people get. There's no literal Sabbath now. There's a spiritual Sabbath. I'm going to get to that by the end of this message. I don't know if it'll, it'll probably take me into next week. Now you can't do any work. Let me finish reading this. 13, 14, 15, 16. The Sabbath will be a side between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord that hath does sanctify you, set you apart. You shall keep the Sabbath therefore, for it is holy unto you. Everyone that defileth it shall surely be put to death. If you work on the Sabbath, we're going to have to kill you. You got that? If you lived in the Old Testament, you'd have to die for keeping the literal Sabbath without doing it exactly right. And you really believe you're keeping the seventh day? And you're working? That's not all there is to it. For whosoever doeth any work therein, the soul that shall be cut off or be killed from among his people. Six days may work to be done, but the seventh is the Sabbath of rest. Holy to the Lord, whosoever doeth any work in the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Wherefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. We're in a Sabbath today that's resting in everything that God's doing. He's preordained everything, the good and the evil. I make peace and create evil. He creates evil in your life to bring about good in your life to cause that outer man to die and go away so you can rest in the things of God. I have had people say, you're not going to keep the birthday of Jesus. You're not going to keep a Sabbath day. I am out resting in Christ every day. I go out and witness to people constantly. I don't get somebody's arm up behind their back and say, do you know you're saved? You know where you're going to go when you die? If you're going to go to hell, you need to pray this sinner's prayer. I don't believe in that. I just talk about Jesus and God and what truth is wherever I go. I don't have time to take off for Jesus. I'm too busy serving him to take a day off for him. It is a sign between me. It is a simeon. It's an oath. Jesus said that circumcision was a sign, an oath. It was a signal or a pointer between me and you in that 17th chapter of Genesis. You'll circumcise every male, the, every male child the eighth day. The clotting factor is at the height on the eighth day. There's a reason for everything. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth. Made is not the same word as create. I'm not going to go into that. Made is the six days. Creation was in the first verse, and that's not the same thing. And on the seventh day he rested.
rest. Seventh day is rest. It means rest. It means to cease work. So you can't do any work. If you do any work, you die. You're keeping the Sabbath? And was refreshed. And he gave unto Moses, when he had made an end of communing with him, upon Mount Sinai, two tables of testimony, tables of stone written with the finger of God. We already read that. Now, let's go on here. What else can't you do on the Sabbath? Well, you can't. Isaiah 58, 13. 58, Isaiah 58. You can't have any pleasure on the Sabbath. You can't watch basketball on TV on Saturday afternoon, and you can't watch college football, and you can't go down to the park because you're supposed to be staying at home, and you can't go enjoy yourself and feed the ducks in the park. Or can't go boat riding in the park. You can't go over to your friend's house. You have to stay at home, lay down and sleep all day long. Can't start no fires. Look here in Isaiah 58. 58.13 So if you're going to keep the Sabbath, you're going to stop your work. You can't do the least thing. You cannot pick up any sticks. There was a young man that picked up sticks on the Sabbath in that 16th chapter of Numbers. And God says he has to die. He picked up some sticks. Not because he picked up sticks, but because he ignored the law of God that no work be done on the Sabbath. So you can't do any work you can't move a piece of furniture. You decide you want the record player or the stereo will be on the other side of the room. You can't do that. If you go keep the Sabbath the way they did it, no burdens on the Sabbath. Look at Isaiah 53, 13. 53. 53 or 58? Uh, 58, excuse me. I was looking at another verse there. 58, 13. 58, 13. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, have fun day, and the holy of the Lord honoring Honorable shall honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words. You can't come up with your opinion on the Sabbath. You can't have any pleasure. You can't do anything that's fun on the Sabbath. You have to sleep and don't go out of your house. And then you look at Jeremiah seventeen twenty one. You cannot carry any burden on the Sabbath. Jeremiah seventeen twenty one. You're gonna keep the Sabbath the way they kept it. I'll probably have to. How much time do I have, Mike? Thirteen 
I'm not going to be able to get into the spiritual Sabbath. I'll get into it next week. We'll go into it in detail. 17, 21, 22. Jeremiah 17. 21 and 22. Thus saith the Lord, Take heed to yourselves and bear no burden on the Sabbath day, nor bring it by the gates of Jerusalem, neither carry forth a burden out of your houses on the Sabbath day. You can't move on the Sabbath. You can't move anything on the Sabbath. Neither do ye any work, but hallow ye the Sabbath day, as I have commanded your fathers. And they obeyed not, neither inclined their ear, but made their nef stick. Stiff, that's the way the Jews did. And you couldn't... I've got a verse here. You couldn't start any fires on the Sabbath. Go back to Exodus 35. You can't start a fire of any kind. That's why they had to light a candle on Friday going into the Sabbath. You can't start a fire. You can't turn your lights on. Those are fires in your house. You can't drive your car anywhere. If you've got a four-cylinder car, that's a small engine. Let's say you had a two-cylinder, if they made such a thing. You couldn't drive your car anywhere because those pistons are firing in those cylinders every time they fire you're starting a fire you can't steer anything you can't get on a donkey and ride him anywhere you can't do anything on the sabbath nothing stay at home you're going to actually keep the sabbath i'll get in the spiritual sabbath this next week look at exodus 35 2 and 3 you're going to keep a, a literal Sabbath? This is what you have to do. Besides that, you got to offer. A, the, they had a lamb sacrifice every morning, in the morning and the evening, and particularly on the Sabbath, and they had all these sacrifices they had to offer. But you got to have some priests of God. you got to have sons of Aaron to do that. Unless you got a spiritual high priest, which is Christ. A priest forever after the order, the taxes, the orderly arrangement of Melchizedek. Don't have time to go into Melchizedek right now. Exodus 35. Thirty-five. If you're gonna you say, well, we don't do it that way. We don't care how you do it. You can't do these rituals. They've been nailed to the cross with Christ. And 35, 2, and 3. Six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day there shall be, shall be to you an holy day, a Sabbath of rest to the Lord. Whosoever doeth work therein shall be put to death. You work, you're going to have to die. Well, we don't do it like that. We just keep it to go serve God. You can't go anywhere. You can't drive your car anywhere. You can't even walk anywhere. You're supposed to stay at home on the Sabbath. Exodus 
Not go to a church, listen to some preacher, drive your car starting, starting up your motor, and then go down to a restaurant and have some cook in a restaurant break the Sabbath for you while he cooks for you. I'm clean, but he's not because he broke it for me. It's ridiculous. Two and three. You shall kindle no fire throughout your habitations on the Sabbath day. You can't light a fire. If you're freezing to death, you still can't light it. You mean you're going to keep the Sabbath that way? I can't believe that people say we keep the weekly Sabbath. You're not supposed to keep the Sabbath. You're supposed to keep the day of the Lord. But every day is a Sabbath to the Lord. It's, if one part of these holy days is spiritual, then so is the Sabbath, spiritual. Everything you do, do. I believe we need to serve God every day. I believe we need to understand, we need to rest in the things of God every day. Because God is doing everything, the good, the evil, everything. Look over here in Numbers. Numbers, the 15th chapter, verse 32. While the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man that gathered sticks upon the Sabbath day. And they that found him gathering sticks brought him unto Moses and Aaron and unto all the congregation. And they put him in ward or into a holding place because it was not declared what they should be done to him and the Lord said unto Moses the man shall be surely put to death all the congregation shall stone him with stones outside the camp and all the congregation brought him outside the camp and stoned him with stones and he died and the Lord commanded Moses you have to understand God's word is true. If you're going to keep the Sabbath, you're going to have to keep it the way God had them keep it. You can't keep it the way you want to. Well, I think it's okay if I do this or that. There was a word. Do I have any time left, Mike? Six minutes. I wanted to go into the spiritual Sabbath. If I go a little bit into it, I'll come back. There's a word we already read that on the Sabbath day they rested. Rest. And that's all you can do on the Sabbath. You can't do anything but rest. You can't go nowhere. Well, we've we've adjusted the Sabbath to our opinion and our day and time. You can't adjust God's word. You can't do that at all. I'm going to tell you next week. Belief in all God's works is the Sabbath of rest that's associated with 
prayer. Prosukamai. When you believe that God is doing everything. I'll just give you one verse over here in Hebrews, the third chapter. I'm about to run out of time, ain't I? If I introduce you to this, I've preached on it before. All I'll do is show you what it's about. This is the spiritual Sabbath that we're in. The Passover is spiritual. Why isn't the Sabbath spiritual? It is. But unless you believe in predestination and the sovereignty of God and that he's doing everything and you can rest in that, that's the spiritual Sabbath. He's talking about in Hebrews when the children of Israel were in the wilderness, he says they could not enter into God's rest because of their rebellion against God. When you think you have free will, that's rebellion against God. Free will is rebellion. You're going to find in Hebrews, the third chapter, third and fourth chapter, that you're going to find that the Sabbath The very word Sabbath, Sabbaton, is equated, equals the rest of God and each one of his children, and it's called belief. The spiritual Sabbath is when God is going to overthrow He's going to overthrow your unbelief. And he says concerning the children of Israel here in Hebrews, he says, they could not enter into my rest. There's a word for the rest of God, the rest of the spiritual children of Israel. It's called kataposis. This is what we do on the spiritual Sabbath. And he compares the spiritual Sabbath. He uses the word Sabbaton, which is the word Sabbath, meaning rest. And he equates that in Hebrews, the fourth chapter with the with the rest of God with a kata pasis. Kata pasis comes from kata and poeo P A U E O Poeo or Pasis P A U S I S. That word pasis is our word pause. It means to stop or cease or settle down. It means to settle down. And the Bible says Israel could not enter into God's rest. He's talking about a particular group of these people in Israel. 
that were not believing God when they're in the wilderness, and he took 40 years to kill them. And he says in verse 19 of chapter 3, So we see that they could not enter in to God's cataposis because of unbelief, A-P-I-S-T-I-S. The alpha negates the word pistis. That's the word faith. They had no faith that they could go in and conquer the land. And God says, I killed off everybody that was 20 years old and upward in Israel that did not want to go in from Kadesh Barnea and conquer the Anakims or the people of Anak. And it was because of their unbelief they couldn't get to the promised land. And God called that his rest or his cataposis in the promised land. That is the rest of God. When we pray and we bow to the will of God, we stop trying to get involved in our own ideas and our own things. We seek God, whatever we do. The Bible says, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever you are doing, do it all. And do it all to the glory of God. And do it with all your might. Boy, I know what that's like now that I'm old. Everything I do has to do with God's glory, not mine. I'm just not even interested. I'm no more interested in fame than I'm interested in jumping off my house on my head. I'm not interested in fame or glory or riches anymore. I'm interested in Jesus coming and taking me out of here. That's all. I am tired and weary. Thank the Lord for what's coming after this. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you for truth. Lord, give us strength to continue this message. Help us, Lord. To get through things, to bear up under all of the adversity. You fight our battles. I don't want to fight nobody. No more. No time. Ever. I'm tired of fighting. This way I can lean up on you. Lead us to your elect family. And according to your mercy and will, Lord, open up the doors of this ministry so we can reach the world for you. I don't know how many people you'd have us to reach. Just let us see what you'd have us to do. Fight our battles. Give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I didn't quite get to all of the spiritual Sabbath, but I'll come back to it. But I had to go through these other Sabbaths to let people see. If you're going to keep one of them, you've got to keep them all. You can't keep the rituals. It's not possible. Nobody can do all the rituals. You've got to have lambs and goats. and You won't keep the Sabbath of the Old Testament. You've got to have high priests after the order of Aaron.
I don't think you can learn the Sabbath till you get older. Till you don't care what people say. You say, I'm pleasing God. And it don't matter what you say about me or to me. I'm going to try to do what God wants.